Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. Heat wave ahead. For four days only, it's the sizzling hot summer sale at JCPenney. Thursday through Sunday, shop select men's and women's tees in all new bright colors. Just $5 for her and $7.99 for him. Plus, pick up select Home Expressions bath towels, two for $7. All these deals and no coupon needed. Hurry in, but stay cool. These deals are sizzling. JCPenney. Offers valid 627 to 630. Exclusions apply. See store jcp.com for details. MD Fantasy Football Show. As always, I'm your host, Dan Maynard. I got a jam-packed show for you guys today as I'm bringing you the Week 16 preview. Full, full preview for you today. As we didn't have an episode yesterday because, hey, there's no Thursday game. So I was like, you know what? We'll wait till Friday, get the updated injury reports out of everybody, and then we'll have one nice full episode for you guys to listen to before we go into the Week 16 weekend, the championship round for all of you guys out there. Very exciting times. I hope all of you listening were able to make it to your respective championships by listening to this show as a help and as assistant along the way. Of course, I'll always be here for you uh, moving forward as well. And of course, I got the player update notifications for you at MDFF show that have been very pivotal because there's a very uh, few key players who are suddenly going to be unavailable and making other guys more valuable than they were going to be late in this week so far. So I'm glad I actually wound up waiting till Friday to do a full preview episode here. So without further ado, we got to get right into it today because it's a jam-packed show. I do have a start-sit segment today for you guys as well. Only did four questions instead of five just because we're covering all of the games. And then of course for next week, just so you guys know, I will be doing one recap show next week. It'll be airing sometime 
time between Tuesday and Wednesday. Not sure which, just because of Christmas Day and everything, how everything's going to play out, but no later than Wednesday for the recap episode, and I will do a full preview episode for Week 17 for you guys in those amateur hour leagues in case you're in the second round of your championship matchups that particular week on Friday, and then that will be the last podcast for the 2018 season. The next time you will see me will be in March If you want to get the full rundown of what you have to look forward to from the MD Fantasy Football Show for the 2019 season and what the offseason schedule is going to consist of, you can go back and listen to the Week 15 Recap Part 2. I went over all that stuff and what we had to look forward to there if you missed that one. Of course, www.mdfantasyfootball.podbean.com or on iTunes, Simplecast, Radio Public, anywhere you go for your podcast needs. The MD Fantasy Football Show is there for you. Go back and listen to that and you'll know what you'll have to look forward to going into next season a lot of new exciting stuff I'm very happy for the second season it's going to be even better than the first one and the first one was really a lot of fun especially for me so let's go ahead and get involved right here to the two Saturday games that we have to kick off the bat all right first up we have what's going to be a highly competitive game between the Redskins and the Titans ah I'm just kidding. The Titans should run away with this game pretty handedly, and there's not too much to go over as far as fantasy implications for guys that are going to actually be relevant on championship matchups, but there's a couple things that we have to go over anyway. So with the Redskins, Jordan Reed is going to be out for this particular week. Vernon Davis himself is questionable with a concussion, so it's unclear if he's actually going to be able to play and be a nice pickup off the tight end waiver wire for you to be able to play as well. Keep your eyes on that. I will have you up to date as we go into Tomorrow, this game doesn't happen until 4.30, so we should be able to get uh, some early notifications on what's going to be coming out of Vernon Davis as far as that goes. If you're looking for a tight end to be able to stream, which some of you might be just because of the injuries that we have had to see at the tight end position, especially over the last few weeks. Adrian Peterson is fine. He is off the injury report. I think he's the only other guy besides Vernon Davis that you would have interest in uh, in your championship week that may be relevant for some teams. It's not a good matchup for him against the Tennessee Titans. Offensive line is still working on their basically JV squad right now. So I would stay away from Adrian Peterson if you possibly can, but he will be available. He will be healthy if for some reason you are stuck with no other options. Hopefully you would have more, especially if you made it to this part of the season On the Titans side of the ball, no real injuries to speak of. The only thing you're talking about here is all of a sudden does Derrick Henry become a viable play? For you fantasy teams out there who've had him on your bench this entire time because, you know, he had that big week against Jacksonville, but still, it could have been an aberration week. I don't think a lot of people were still going to go ahead and trust him even after that huge week. But then last week, he comes back and gets 30 carries last week and has another huge week. There's no reason in my mind to think that they aren't going to continue feeding him the ball. That seems to be the trend that they are going in right now, becoming more of a run-first team than they were previously. And as a result, they're trying to wear down and pound down defenses so they can keep the games close, wear out the clock, keep their defense fresh. And so far, it's been working for them. And right now, they're in the middle of a playoff run, so there's no reason to think they're going to change up what's worked for them really well the past couple of weeks and got them a couple of key wins here going into the playoff stretch. So I would think the game plan will be the same against the Washington Redskins. The Redskins are pretty much hit or miss when it comes to how good their run defense decides it wants to be in any particular week. One week, they'll decide, hey, we're actually going to be pretty good. We're going to tackle. And the next week, they look like they completely quit on the coach. So it's kind of a hit or miss as far as the matchup goes. But if Derrick Henry's going to get fed the way he's gotten fed the last couple of weeks, then he has a hell of a bottom. And I think he's no less than an RB2, actually, in this matchup. And Deion Lewis, I would stay completely away from altogether. I don't love Corey Davis 
Davis in this matchup. The Redskins secondary is not terrible. Marcus Mariota has not thrown the ball all that well, nor all that much over the past couple of weeks either. So I would probably stay away from Corey Davis if you are able to help it. Of course, I'm not streaming Marcus Mariota either. I'm not taking on a chance. So the only player I would really consider playing in my championship week would be Derrick Henry for the Tennessee Titans. Our next game here, we have the Ravens and we have the Chargers. That's the second Saturday game. It should be the Saturday night game. I believe it kicks off around 8.30 or so. Look, on the Ravens' side of the ball, Jackson's going to continue to be the starting quarterback. He continues to have a decent, serviceable streaming floor because of how much he runs. So that's something you're always going to have to take in consideration if you're looking to stream a quarterback. He's not going to give you much in the passing game. He's pretty much proven that. He's had a couple plus matchups to show that he might be able to give you something there, and he hasn't been able to do so. And I don't think he's suddenly going to have a big improvement in the passing attack against the Chargers, who are much better on defense than the last couple of teams he has played. So if you're playing Jackson, you're playing him because you're hoping the running will give you enough to be a serviceable option if you don't have better quarterback options but I have to believe at this point you would given that you're in the championship week because that's the only reason you'd be listening to this unless you're looking for DFS tips as well but I'm mostly I'm mostly concentrating on 10 to 12 team leagues uh, championship weeks for this matchup in week 16. Uh, Gus Edwards, he is definitely an RB2 with a high floor of nothing else. The one thing that's concerning about him is that he doesn't have a ton of value in PPR leagues and even in standard leagues because he doesn't always score. He has the opportunity to do so but because he doesn't always seem to be the one to score because it could be Jackson. They could bring in Kenneth Dixon who got a significant amount of volume last week uh, even though they ran the ball a ton. So there's other guys that might come in and steal touchdowns from him which makes him solidly an RB2 but because he has a high floor, because he's going to get a good amount of touches and because with Jackson and he usually has a pretty high yards per carry average, I think Gus Edwards is still a safe RB2 for you to be able to go to this given week. And this is going to be an important week because, look, Todd Gurley might not play this week. There's a couple of key guys out there. James Conner will be out. If you didn't have Jalen Samuels, that you might have to be able to look at other options to be able to play. I think Gus Edwards would definitely be one of those options. I'm not trusting anybody else in the passing attack on the Baltimore Ravens side of the ball here. You know, With Jackson playing, I'm not going to trust John Brown or Michael Crabtree or Willie Sneed. Nothing out of the tight end position. So you're only looking to play maybe Jackson as a serviceable streaming quarterback if need be, and then Gus Edwards as an RB2. On the Chargers side of things here, we have a lot of good options here because Melvin Gordon is back. He doesn't have an injury designation right now, so he is definitely going to play in this week. Now, of course, it's not a great matchup. You're going against the number one rushing attack in the Baltimore Ravens, but because Melvin Gordon is such an effective pass catcher out of the backfield, he does a very good job of always giving you that safe floor. He's an RB1. If you have Melvin Gordon, you finally have him back for your championship week. You were able to make it through the last two weeks without him, which would be very impressive, and i I give you a round of applause for being able to make it this far without your RB1. You got to play him this particular week. Just don't overthink it. I wouldn't love Phillip Rivers in this matchup at all either. I think both teams are going to have a hard time punching it into the end zone. I think this could be a field goal fest type of game. So therefore, Phillip Rivers, to me, I think will have a very limited ceiling, if nothing else. But you could see the floor bottom out on you as well. So if you have Phillip Rivers, hopefully you have another quarterback option with a better matchup. Because in your championship week, you want to be able to have guys who have good ceilings at the end of the day and are able to take over and win you a week in case somebody else doesn't show up or get 
gets injured or whatever the case may be. You want guys with sky's the limit in this particular week more so than ever because it's do or die, win or cry, baby. And that's where you want Philip Rivers to possibly take a seat back and see what other options you may have at the quarterback position given this week. Keenan Allen's going to be a game time decision this week. Uh, Look, it's been a really rough, it's really rough to have him on the week 16. He's been a really great wide receiver one, especially for you guys in those PPR leagues, uh, where he's been getting featured a ton, where he went to that slump kind of in a, a little while, where you just weren't sure where he's going to get back on track. He wasn't getting targeted a bunch in that last few weeks before he gets hurt. All of a sudden, he's back to being a wide receiver one. He's getting a ton of targets, a ton of catches, going for 100 yards, getting in the end zone pretty frequently. So all of those things were working for you on Keenan Allen. All of a sudden, he gets you back to the wide receiver one, and then he gets hurt, hits his hip, had zero points last week. He probably lost a lot of people, their semifinal matchups, which is really a shame. If you were able to get past that, even with Keenan Allen giving you a zero, I don't know if you're going to have him this week. And even if you do, I don't know if you entirely want to trust him with a hip injury coming back. That is an injury that is very easy to re-aggravate at any given moment. So that's the type of thing where I would have to say, you know, keep an eye out. Uh, you're going to have to get updated pretty frequently tomorrow. That's not going to be until the, the night game. Now, you should have a lot of options because it's still going to be Saturday. There was no Thursday game. There will only be one game that would be played before that night game. So you should be able to have some backup options available to you. If Keenan Allen doesn't play, that is extra targets heading towards Tyrell Williams, heading towards Mike Williams. They will have safer floors than they normally would, and I think that would make them wide receiver threes with – some upside. Remember, they're still going to be playing the Ravens in this matchup, but someone's going to have to catch the ball. Uh, I wouldn't trust it if you have other options, but if you don't have other options, I do think they will fall into that wide receiver three category if Keen Allen doesn't play due to the additional targets that should be available. But also keep in mind when Melvin Gordon plays, He's going to take away some targets as well. It's going to be a dump off. And if he's fully ready to go, which he does seem to be, Phillip Rivers may go with the safety blanket against a really good Baltimore Ravens defense more times than not. A quick note, Austin Eckler's doubtful for the game. He probably will not play. So if you're looking to play Eckler as a PPR, a DFS, and flex, whatever the case may be, uh, he's not going to be there as well. I don't think Justin Jackson's going to have much value with Melvin Gordon back either. So I wouldn't bank on Justin Jackson being somehow a uh, a sleeper flex play for this particular week in any kind of way either. On the Bengals and the Browns ball game here, the, one of our first 1 o'clock games that we're going over here, Tyler Boyd is out for this week. Joe Mixon may wind up being the entire offense for the Cincinnati Bengals out of necessity. Now, I know the Browns have been decent against the running backs the last two weeks, I believe, but typically throughout the season, running backs have had the opportunities to be successful, especially when they are featured and volumed, have enough volume to go with it. And I think Joe Mixon, like I said, I think he's going to have to be the entirety of the offense for the Cincinnati Bengals in this game. Uh, The Browns will not be a bad streaming defense at the end of the day, but I do think Joe Mixon, due to the volume, will be nothing less than an RB2 with potential to be an RB1, especially if he's able to find the end zone maybe once, maybe twice. John Ross, I think he is viable as a DFS play this particular week, but I would not be playing him in my redraft championship weeks. Uh, I'm just not going to trust it here against Cleveland. On the Brown side of the ball, Nick Chubb, of course, he goes in this matchup. I think he's got a very good shot to be an RB1 here against Cincinnati Bengals, especially the way their run defense has been so poor over the past month. So I think you have that to look forward to uh, if you've had Nick Chubb. And I think he's on a lot of championship teams, was on a lot of playoff teams. So you should have that. 
Jarvis Landry, look, he's he's not dependable right now because the usage has been, just been so widely inconsistent over the past month. But this is a Cincinnati Bengals. This is a very good matchup. He does have a chance to get back on track here. I do think he is a wide receiver three in PPR leagues. In standard leagues, I do think you're going to have to weigh, you know, if you have somebody who's got a better overall chance to get in the end zone more consistently, you may want to go that route over Jarvis Landry this particular week. But if you are a PPR league and you play with three receivers and you're looking at the flex play, I do think Jarvis Landry could be an option for you there. So that's about it there for that matchup because with David Njoku is healthy. He doesn't have an injury designation, which is the first time in a while. But they just don't throw the ball to Njoku enough for me to think that you're actually going to trust him at your tight end position in your championship matchups either. And I'm not sh- – even in a really good matchup, I do think Mayfield might have some in- uh, some interest to you, some value to you in a DFS league if you're looking to do that this week. But I don't think in a redraft league you're going to pin your hopes on Baker Mayfield, even though it is in a plus matchup. I would say I would stream Baker Mayfield over a guy, say, like Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen this week if you're looking at them as possible uh, options for you, depending on what you have a quarterback, depending on what your trends are. You know, Breeze, Goff, Rodgers, guys like that are just not trending in the right direction, have not really been consistent enough for you as of late. You may not trust them in your championship week, so you're looking for streaming options there. I do think Mayfield will be ahead of those guys in this matchup if you're looking at those streaming options, just to kind of give you a clue as to that goes. For the next game, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. we got the Dallas Cowboys. It's a tough one because the Buccaneers have a lot of guys that people have jumped on for fantasy purposes and have panned out pretty well for them in quite a few weeks here. But you're playing against the Cowboys in Dallas. The Dallas defense has been pretty good as of late. It's going to be hard, really, to trust anybody. It's going to be hard to trust Winston. It's going to be hard to trust Peyton Barber as a flex if you've been doing that. It's going to be hard to trust Mike Evans. Deshaun Jackson is actually going to come back and play this week, which was a very big shock to me because at this point, I kind of thought he would just shut it down and wait till next season to see what team he winds up on to play again because he knows he's not coming back to Tampa Bay. So the fact that he actually did come back here for week 16 was quite surprising to me, but you know, it depends on what kind of role they're going to have. They may not have him start over Chris Godwin at the end of the day just because you're going to have Chris Godwin and Adam Humphreys next year. So you may just want to continue to have them out there, continue to get better, continue to have more chemistry with the guys that are going to be there for the next season as well. But Deshaun Jackson is going to play if he's healthy to some level, which takes away targets from Adam Humphreys, from Chris Godwin. So I don't think Adam Humphreys or Godwin to me would be people I would be trusting as wide receiver threes this week. Given the matchup, given Deshaun Jackson may be back as well, I think the only pass catcher who I'm going to trust playing at a Tampa Bay would be Mike Evans, and then I also do like Cameron Brait because he's always a tight end with the possibility to score, and all you need is to get one touchdown in order to be a top 10 tight end any given week in redraft leagues right now. So I do like Brait as well. I would play Evans. He is your wide receiver one. I know his, his, his usage has been wildly inconsistent for a while now, but... I do think in this situation where the Cowboys should be able to get a pass rush on Jameis Winston, that he's going to only be able to go to his number one target more times than not, and more times than not, that will be Mike Evans. So I do think he has the best chance to have a good game here, of course, because he's talented as well. And I don't think I would feel comfortable leaving him on the bench if I had him in my championship week, because no matter the matchup, he has the talent to always take control of a game and win you one in any given week, no matter what you are looking at as far as matchup-wise. 
guys or playing against. On the Cowboys side of the ball here, Ezekiel Elliott is good to go. You'll be fine with him. It's a great matchup for him. You know he's going to touch the ball a ton. He will be one of the top five RB1s without a doubt at the end of the week. Cole Beasley is actually practicing in full. Not that you really care too much about Cole Beasley. I can't imagine you're actually going to play him in your championship weeks, but it does mean that maybe the additional targets that you're going to maybe see Amari Cooper's way without Cole Beasley kind of evens out a little bit, but it'll still be Amari Cooper will be the will be the number one targeted wide receiver playing against Tampa Bay, a great plus matchup there. So I would definitely go ahead and play Amari Cooper as a high-end wide receiver two for this week and feel pretty good about what kind of ceiling he may be able to provide for you. I don't think I'm going to be trusting anybody else. I think Prescott is kind of along the lines of Baker Mayfield as far as the type of streaming quarterbacks that you're looking for uh, in this particular matchup. He will be among the top streamers just because of the matchup. But there's a my thing with, with Prescott is I think he has a little bit the lower floor given that this is the game in which he may not be asked to have to do too much for the Cowboys to win as well so something to keep in mind and if he doesn't take off and run we have seen the floor fall out from the bottom I have totally messed up that phrase but you know what I'm trying to say guys uh, you may see the you may see the bottom fall out. There we go. We may see the bottom fall out on on Dak Prescott uh, in this game if he doesn't run a lot, which he hasn't done for the past couple of weeks. So I would keep that in mind as well. But I do think because of the matchup, because of how that offense is set up, that I do think he should be a decent streaming option if you're looking for one as well. You feel confident in that particular matchup uh, with the Vikings here against the Lions is our next game. You got to play all of your Vikings if they are what got you there. First of all, I love Dalvin Cook, the added usage of the running game. We saw that last week. He had 19 carries. Even Latavius Murray had 15 carries. Now, the Detroit Lions run defense has been a lot better since they've gotten Snack Harrison, so something to kind of keep in mind, but... Dalvin Cook's going to get involved in the passing game. They're featuring him more now moving forward. Now they finally fired John DeFlippio. We saw that last week. It's going to be Dalvin Cook first, and then it's going to be Kirk Cousins, Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen in the passing game second, I think, moving forward. Meg Zimmer wants to get back to having the defense leading the way to win games for this team. And in order to do that, a good rushing attack really amplifies your ability to do so. So that is why I fully expect Dalvin Cook to have another good game here, even against a run defense. Defense that has been decent as of late. The Lions aren't going to put up a lot of points. The Vikings aren't going to trail much in this game, so the opportunities will be there. Uh, Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen. I'm a little nervous about Stephon Diggs. A little nervous about Adam Thielen, too, but a little more nervous about Stephon Diggs in this game than Adam Thielen, just for two reasons. One, the definitely decrease in volume that you're going to probably see once again in the passing attack for the Vikings in general, which is why I'm a little bit nervous about Adam Thielen as well. But with Stephon Diggs, he also draws the shadow coverage of Darius Slay from the Detroit Lions on top of it. It is in Detroit. Whenever they're in Detroit, Darius Slay plays really well typically. So I am a little bit nervous for those two factors. Now, I don't know if you're going to have better options than Stephon Diggs going into your championship week, but I do think his ceiling could very well be limited to some degree given those two aspects. Adam Thielen, I'm just a little bit worried about the overall volume. We saw last week he only had two catches for 19 yards when they went to a run-first attack. So it's just something they have to keep your eye on. But he is Adam Thielen. He's been your wide receiver one. He's a big reason why you're here. 
in the first place in your championship week. So if you have him, you have to play him. I don't see you going in with any other options, but something to keep in mind, the lack of volume could surface yet again uh, in this matchup coming up as well. You're still not going to trust Kyle Rudolph, and I would not trust Kirk Cousins because if he's not going to throw the ball 45 times, he has shown he's not been efficient enough to have the production that you need for him to continue to be a quarterback one like he was earlier in the year. So therefore, I would actually get away from Kirk Cousins if at all possible even though he's playing against Detroit I do think if you're stuck playing Cousins you're okay with it because against Detroit he could just have a couple big passes and that'll be enough and that opportunity will be there but just overall with the way he's been trending as of late and the way that the Vikings offense in general is trending in their direction for being a run first team if you can get away from Kirk Cousins I would on the Lions side of the ball, I think we're only talking about Kenny Galladay, and even he's really limited in this game because Xavier Rhodes is a bad matchup for him. He does really well against bigger physical receivers, uh, which is what Kenny Galladay leans on. Stafford hasn't been great, especially against good defenses as of late. So while Kenny Galladay did have a huge game last week, I wouldn't expect the same thing this week. I would probably try to stay away from Kenny Galladay as well again this week, and I wouldn't trust any of the running backs. Theo Riddick, even in a PPR league, he may have a, a decent floor, I guess, but still I think even him getting double digit points may come into question because I don't know how many yards he's going to get he doesn't break a lot of tackles the Vikings are a very good tackling team so even if he catches the ball in the flat a few times the yardage that I would expect him to get could be quite limited so keep that in mind as well I think Kenny Galladay is the only player in the Lions that you're really talking about on your team and even in that situation like I said I would try to stay away uh, Bruce Ellington, in case you needed to know, had a hamstring issue, dealing, still dealing with the hamstring issue, was limited practice all week. I don't think you'd be playing him in this particular matchup anyway. Our next one here, we have the Giants and we have the Colts. Uh, Odell Beckham ruled out already. It's been really just bad timing that he had this quad injury. He's missed the entire fantasy playoffs thus far. And, you know, that's something that's just really hard to overcome. I know a lot of you have Odell Beckham probably are not in your championship weeks now at this point because of that. It's really a tough pill to swallow. But again, he won't be available this week in case you are still playing and had him on your bench or hoping he would come back. Saquon Barkley should be good to go. I know the Colts play good defense, especially at home against the run, but because he got bottled up last week, it seems as though Barkley is only good to have one bad game every once in a while because after that, he's just too good of a player to keep down. He is your RB1. I think you'll be okay playing Saquon Barkley, who may wind up being the number one offensive weapon that they are going to try to utilize against the Colts this week as well. Uh, Sterling Shepard without Odo Beckham does offer some upside here. They could get the added target volume. Same thing goes with Evan Ingram. I think if you have Evan Ingram, you got to play him in this game. The added target volume, the added red zone targets that go with that, uh, you have to play him at the tight end position right now. He has a decent opportunity to become a tight end one like he was last week with the added volume given Odo Beckham's injury. And I do like Sterling Shepard, but I think I like Shepard more in a DFS situation. I don't know if you're really going to trust him in a 10 to 12 team league. He's been getting banged up. And even last week without Beckham in, he didn't really do a whole lot uh, as far as volume goes. So I don't know if I would be trusting Sterling Shepard in that. But I do think if you're playing DFS and you're looking for some tips there, I think Sterling Shepard is very much an interesting one to keep in mind. On the cold side of the ball, I think you have to play Marlon Mack. I think Marlon Mack is definitely an RB2. Saw last week, they kind of got back to finally giving him the ball a lot, like they did when those first two weeks when he came back off of his injury. Since then, it's been kind of inconsistent on how much he's gotten the ball, but last week when they gave him the ball again, the Colts pretty much 
I mean, they dominated that game. They shut out the Dallas Cowboys. Their offense was pretty efficient. Andrew Luck didn't get to do much of anything, but they didn't need him to. And when Mac runs, that whole offense really opens up because when Andrew Luck can pass uh, play action effectively off of that, they become a pretty dangerous offense, especially with T.Y. Hilton get a little bit healthier because he was able to come back and practice on a limited capacity, which is really like the first time in almost three weeks now that he's been able to practice. So that's something you can look forward to. And he's, he's been able to play and play effectively while not practicing as well. So the fact that he was able to come back and practice means he's a little bit healthier. Should be good to go. This is a great matchup against the Giants. So T.O.I. Hilton's going to be awesome. I think Marlon Mack's going to get a ton of volume. And he will be awesome as well as a result. Eric Ebron will be really good in this game. Andrew Luck's going to be just good, just fine in this game as well. He may not even have to have a lot of volume in order to put up big numbers against this poor Giants defense right now that doesn't even have Landon Collins, doesn't have a pass rush. Doesn't have a secondary. They don't have anything right now on defense. So, especially with the Colts being at home, they should. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner should have their way with the Giants the way they had their way with the Cowboys last week. But I know last week you're saying, like, whoa, they had their way with the Cowboys and Luck didn't wind up doing anything. I would expect that they will have a couple more passing touchdowns in this game to go along with a good game out of Marlon Mack. So I would play those big four, Luck, Hilton, Mack, Ebron, and I would feel pretty good about their chances of having a really high ceiling in this matchup. Our next game, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars and we have the Miami Dolphins here. Look, with the Jaguars, I think you're only talking about Leonard Fournette. And I talked about how in the recap that I would probably try to stay away. First of all, I don't know how many of you even have Leonard Fournette that you're in your championship weeks, and that's that's number one. But being that he's the only fantasy-relevant player, I think, on the Jaguars you're even talking about right now, my advice to you would be to stay away. He's been limited. He was limited in snap count last week. He's a little bit banged up. I don't know how much of that is him actually being banged up and how much of that is the Jaguars are just out of the season mattering and at this point with Leonard Fournette being the future of that franchise how much do you want to run him out there and risk having some kind of major severe injury at the end of the season I don't know how much that would be worth it to the Jacksonville Jaguars so I would kind of expect his snap counts to be limited again now he is going to play which means that you know T.Y. Hill or T.J. Yeldon and uh, uh, Carlos Hyde aren't going to have that much uh, value so you can't like go ahead and try to play them as a sneaky sleeper flex play just because Leonard Fournette may not play that much because since he is going to start you don't you don't really know can't really count on what the volume's going to be what their snap counts going to be so as a result I would just stay away completely from any Jacksonville Jaguar player whatsoever on the Dolphins side of the ball here Frank Gore's not going to play in this game. He may be back for the playoffs, but that's neither here nor there when you're talking about your championship week for week 16. So what does that mean? Well, does that mean it opens up 
touches for Kenyon Drake. Well, it didn't mean that last week. Apparently, Frank Gore going out just meant, oh, Kalen Balash gets to go from being the third string running back to the first string running back now. He gets all the volume. He gets all the carries. Uh, after we had, you know, Adam Gase come out and say, like, no, yeah, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't because of Drake's shoulder that he didn't touch the ball as much. It was because I'm an asshole. He didn't say that last part, but I'm going to put that in there because that's what's true, and that's the reason why Kenyon Drake doesn't get the amount of volume that he should be getting. Okay, so that's what the problem when you're looking at there. I don't know how you trust Drake. I don't know how he's in your lineups. I don't know how many of you even have him this week, but you can't play him. Look, there's just as likely of a chance that Kalen Balazs takes over this backfield this week and Drake once again gets you know less than less than double digit touches altogether. That is a very likely scenario with the way they have used the running backs, with the way Adam Gase has coached his offense so far. I'm not trusting Stills. I'm not trusting Parker. So really, there's nothing on the Dolphin side of the ball that I would say in your championship week you go ahead and plug in your lineup and you'd be okay there. There's no way if you're playing Drake in your flex position, you're praying to God he busts a 50 yard touchdown because outside of that, I don't know what you can expect from him. What you can feel confident in him being able to contribute. Uh, this particular week, even though it should be a good matchup for them. The Jacksonville Jaguars have been pretty much cutting or benching their defense alignment that they're not going to pay for next year for no reason whatsoever on a defense that's already struggled with the run so much. So the opportunity should be there, but who's going to get the ball consistently? Who's going to be effective? Who's going to make that big play? Really anybody's guess right now at this point, the way Adam Gase has treated all of these running backs throughout the entire year. Our next matchup here, we got the Bills and we got the Patriots in this one. Patriots have to get right. Uh, I don't know what happened that Steeler game last week. They look lethargic. They look like they didn't have any creativity. And then now you have Josh Gordon who tried to tweet out that he was leaving football for his mental health. And then two hours later, we find out, like, no, 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 you've been indefinitely suspended by the NFL yet again. I really think that's going to be the end of Josh Gordon's career altogether here. And maybe, maybe for him as a human being, that might be the best thing for him because clearly he struggles with something. Clearly he cannot get ahead of whatever his addiction is, the reason for it, everything like that. So, uh, it may be the best thing for him as a human being, but for fantasy football purposes, Gordon's done probably forever. So if you're going into next year thinking Josh Gordon might be able to turn things around, uh, you're in dynasty leagues because he's gone to the New England Patriots, that all goes out the window. Now, what does that do for this week? Well, it opens up targets. Look, Gronk is limited on an ankle injury, but he's expected to play. Could open up more targets. It shouldn't be like with Gronk and Gordon. They kind of went hand-in-hand, more of the downfield threat, more of the red zone threats. So with Gordon now, I do think there's a couple more targets Gronk way. Could be a couple more targets Edelman's way. The real guy I think it affects is Chris Hogan, but you're not going to play Chris Hogan this week. You can't with the way they've used him, even in situations earlier on this year where he should have been the number one passing target, and they still didn't utilize him that way. So Cordell Patterson's been involved as of late. I know he's a little bit banged up, but he is expected to play in this week. So uh, you can see a plethora of guys that they tried to use. And at the end of the day, their offense hasn't even been that efficient. It hasn't been that productive. It hasn't been that high flying like you were expecting to be. So I would think you kind of just have to stay away right now. You play Gronk if you got him. You play Edelman if you got him. You play Sony Michelle. Most situa- I think in most situations you'd have to play Sony Michelle. Uh, I don't love Sonny Michelle in this particular matchup just because even if he gets enough volume to put up decent rushing stats, 
the way they have vultured touchdowns from him and not allowed him to be involved in the passing game is completely pathetic. But on top of all that, they've talked all week about how they want to get James White the ball again a lot, like they were earlier in the season, how effective that was being. And we could wind up, the Josh Gordon suspension could easily wind up meaning the addition uh, volume for James White back to what he was getting before. If you're in a PPR league, I think you've got to play James White this week, uh, at least in your flex position. Standard leagues, maybe you have better options, but in PPR leagues, I would re- I would actually take the shot, take the chance. I know going out on more of a ledge in this situation is not usually something I advise for championship weeks, but I would take the shot on James White if you're in a PPR league in your flex play. Brady, I mean... I have to think maybe at this point you would wind up having a better quarterback option just because he hasn't been that great for you. So in order for you to have made it this far, you may have come up with a better option anyway. I don't think he's a terrible play. I do think this offense has to get right at some point. I do think you know the Bills aren't really a threat, but oh, there's been a couple times this year that they haven't seemed like they're going to be threats to their opponents, and they wound up making them a hell of a game and even winning a couple of them, a la the Vikings game. I don't think that happens here in New England, especially with New England coming off the loss, with them reeling right now, with them actually needing a win big time in order to establish themselves atop the AFC East, establish themselves in the playoff race, where their standings are going to be. Are they going to have home field in that first round or not? I think all of that plays in the, the factor here. So I don't think the Bills are going to wind up pulling off any kind of crazy win. So I do think that benefits, you know, Brady to not be under too much pressure. Uh, does benefit Sony Michelle. But I'm not going to feel super confident if you have to play Brady, quite frankly, at the end of the day. On the Bills side of the ball, McCoy's back. I'm not playing McCoy. I, regardless what kind of volume he gets, regardless of the fact the Patriots just let up 142 rushing yards to Jalen Samuels last week, you can't play McCoy. He hasn't been trustworthy all year long. And I'm not. I'm never going to tell you to, to stream Josh Allen during these playoffs because you kind of saw it last week. What happens if he doesn't rush for a lot? What happens if he doesn't rush for a rushing touchdown? His passing game is not going to be enough to keep him as a serviceable quarterback for you in a given week. The floor, the floor will fall out from under him. And that you can't have that in your championship week. So I would not be streaming Josh Allen against the New England Patriots either for this week uh, for them. So that, and that's really it for the Bills on, on top of that. So what we're going to do right now, I'm going to go in my start-sit segment. We'll come back, finish out the rest of the games for Week 16. Hope you're all keeping up. i got some good start-sit questions for us to get through here. And we'll wrap this thing up. And then hopefully we'll all be ready for our championship weeks. Start-sit headaches. All right, I pulled out a couple of good ones here. The first one is actually not so much a compelling question as a example of what I want to teach you guys, kind of a teachable fantasy football moment. So Miller, he asked, Doug Baldwin or Mike Evans in a full PPR league? So I brought this question up not because this is a nail-biter, not because this is actually close when you really think about it, but because this is the type of questions that you get, the type of thoughts that you have when it's your championship week, when it's one week and you just want to hit every position perfectly in order to have the best chance to win. And that's where everyone, including your wide receiver ones and your RB ones, uh, those types of guys wind up actually being questionable as to far as whether you are actually going to play them or not. And you may wind up questioning, do I want to play a guy who really hasn't been nearly as good all year long just because he might have a 
really good matchup this week and maybe his ceiling on paper and in your mind might be a little bit higher, this would be one of those situations where I would say, look, don't overthink this, Miller. You play Mike Evans in this full PPR league. You don't trust Doug Baldwin. He hasn't gotten a lot of targets, a lot of catches at any point during the season. I know last week he got two touchdowns. I know this week he plays the Kansas City Chiefs. I understand all that. But you are not going to sit there and play him over Mike Evans. One, Evans is still better than Baldwin, has been better than Baldwin, still has a much higher floor and a good better ceiling than Doug Baldwin has this week even though on paper Baldwin has the better matchup second thing is that if you play Baldwin over Mike Evans and you lose because of that you are going to never stop kicking yourself in the ass but what you will do is that if you lose because you played Mike Evans over Doug Baldwin you're not going to have to you're not going to blame yourself for that. No one's going to blame you for that. That is the play to make. So, I do think there's something to be said for that mindset as well when you're looking at these start sit situations especially in these championship weeks and these playoff matchups. So, this was a question that I kind of wanted to use as a teachable moment to all of you out there. Don't overthink it. Play your studs. Play Mike Evans over Doug Baldwin and those types of receivers of the world this particular week uh, in your championship week. Don't overthink it. Don't screw yourself because you want to be so perfect. Don't do that. So Miller, play Mike Evans. Our next question up, we got CJ. He asked, Jamal Williams or Robbie Anderson PPR in the flex? It's actually a pretty good question. Uh, I would have to go Jamal Williams. Look, anytime I have a choice between a running back who looks like he's going to be the featured guy compared to a wide receiver, the number one wide receiver on the team, you know, Robbie Anderson is not a wide receiver one, but he is the number one wide receiver on the Jets. Uh, I'm going to go with the running back. Aaron Jones is not going to play. There's no other running backs really to take work from Jamal Williams. He's going to be in there on passing downs. He'll be their main carrier. He'll have a chance to get some red zone uh, carries as well. So he has a good shot for touchdowns. He'll catch a couple of balls. I just don't think the the floor of Jamal Williams is too good to pass up on to take the the boomer bust play that is Robbie Anderson. Even though it's a good and it's a good matchup for both of these guys really in this game when you think about it. Uh, but I would have to go Jamal Williams. I don't think you want to overthink it and take that chance that Anderson just busts out on you because with the Jets offense, it doesn't really matter who they're playing. They could just have a week where they decide not to show up. Or at least with the Packers, you know you're going to get a consistent amount of opportunities. And with Jamal Williams not having to share anything with anybody, uh, I think he, with he'll get at least 15, possibly 20 touches in this game. So with that in mind, you have to go Jamal Williams in a PPR league at the flex position between those two. Hayden, he asks, Marlon Mack or Derrick Henry, half-point PPR? Good question. This is a very good. It, it's close. It's really close because when you look at how they've run Derrick Henry the past couple of weeks, the volume that he's gotten, I think it's a little bit more safe to expect the high volume, the 20-plus carries out of Derrick Henry. But I do like that opportunity for Mac this week, and I do think Mac playing against the Giants has more of an opportunity to have a big explosive game where he's gonna have he's gonna have those lanes wide open. He's gonna take I think he's gonna take at least a forty yarder to the house this week. I really do. He's gonna have that his explosiveness against that defense right now is gonna be a hell of a mismatch for the Giants, especially in Indianapolis. I would lean towards Marlon Mack. He's got a better chance to be involved in the passing game than Derrick Henry does, 
Both of them are hot. Both of them are great options this week. So at the end of the day, I don't think you can choose wrong. So that's a good situation to have yourself in. But I would lean towards Marlon Mack against the Giants because it's in Indianapolis uh, rather than the Titans against the Redskins. Like I said, with the Redskins, they have shown from time to time to just show up in their run defense. You don't know when that's going to be. It may not happen this week, but... I like Marlon Mack, his floor, just as much as Derrick Henry's. I think his ceiling might just be a tad higher, but these are two very similar guys this particular week. I would go Marlon Mack over Derrick Henry, but only slightly, and I don't think you can make a wrong decision. Our last question here, we go with Skyler, asks Matt Ryan or Andrew Luck in this game? Good question. You have to go Andrew Luck. He's at home against a bad defense in the Giants. I know you may look at that and say, well, last week when they played the Cowboys, he didn't have to do a whole lot, so they didn't have him do a whole lot. But that was statistically his worst game of the year, and it's not even close how bad that game was from a a production standpoint compared to the rest of his games the rest of the season. So I think Andrew Luck's good for three touchdowns this game. I, I really do, and I don't think you can pass that up. I think the... Colts offense right now, how they're playing, how they're being coached is more trustworthy than the Falcons offense in this game as well. So I'm I'm telling you, I would go Andrew Luck in this matchup, but this is another close one. Uh, but I do think I would go Andrew Luck just a notch over Matt Ryan. All right. So now we wrapped up the star sit segment. Let's go ahead and get to the rest of these games for week 16. We only have a few more to go here. Are right, we got the Packers and the Jets. Nice little segue there after talking about Jamal Williams. Obviously, I like Jamal Williams in this game against the Jets. Aaron Rodgers is going to play, which helps everybody. I don't know. Aaron Rodgers against the Jets does have an opportunity to maybe in your championship week, your most important week of the year, actually get back to a quarterback one status performance just before the season's over. I think there's a decent chance that that happens because it's the Jets. But more importantly than Aaron Rodgers and what you're doing at your quarterback position is that Devontae Adams stays a top-end wide receiver one with him in the game. Jimmy Graham has a chance to be a low-end tight end one because he may have a week where he gets a good amount of volume, especially in PPR leagues where he's had that this year. Now, he hasn't, he's been super disappointing as far as touchdowns go, but he has had weeks where he's been involved heavily enough where he's had a good floor. I do think this is another one of those weeks where you'll have an opportunity to do so. I'm not playing anybody outside of that. I'm definitely playing Williams, definitely playing Adams, and I would play Jimmy more times than not, and I would also play Aaron Rodgers more times than not. Those guys can depend on what you have available to you, what you've been using as far as this year goes, because I'm sure you have another quarterback. I'm sure you have another tight end, just given the inconsistencies uh, this year for those two, but there's actually going to be more times than not I'm going to play those two in their positions over what most teams seem to have when they have one of those two as well. So something to keep in mind, I do like them all against the Jets here, but the biggest one, Devontae Adams will be a wide receiver one. Jamal Williams will be at least, I think, an RB2 uh, in this particular matchup. On the Jets side of the ball, I do like Robbie Anderson. I would definitely go Jamal Williams over him like we talked about, but I do like Robbie Anderson in this game. He's been on a hot streak as of late. He still has to be the number one volume wide receiver because Quincy Anunwa is ruled out yet again. Jermaine Curse is really just should be done with football, I think, after this year. So I really do like Robbie Anderson. He has a chance always to make a big play. And if he's going to get heavily targeted like he has for the past couple of weeks from Sam Darnold, he usually has a, a better floor than you would normally expect him to have, which gives him an added value and added security that you can, might have at your disposal with a Robbie Anderson as well. So I do like him if you're looking for a wide receiver three, if you're looking for an upside flex play. And I do love him a lot if you are in DFS leagues uh, this week as well. Elijah McGuire, kind of the same boat as Jamal Williams. 
It's going to be vo- going to be featured, going to have a lot of volume. So all of those things play to his his you know his benefit. Uh, his upside, what he can possibly do. I do think running backs who catch the ball effectively uh, do pretty well against the Packers in general. Now, running the ball has been kind of hit or miss when you're playing against the Packers, especially when you're not when you're a lesser offense in general, like the Jets are. But because he's going to be featured, because he's definitely going to get at least 15, pop, good chance for 20 touches in this game between rushing and receiving, uh, Elijah McGuire is definitely a flex play worth in your starting lineups in your championship weeks as well. And that's more Jet players than normal uh, to be available that are actually viable plays for you. Our next game up, we got the Texans and we have the Philadelphia Eagles. You got to play Watson. Lamar Miller is going to be a game-time decision. Apparently, DeAndre Hopkins is going to be a game-time decision, although all indications are they fully expect him to play after he's been a limited participant in practice all week long, even coming off that ankle injury at the end of the game last week. So I do think Hopkins will play at the end of the day. Lamar Miller, less so. I don't, I'm not as confident that Lamar Miller will be able to play, but something you're going to have to keep in mind. Make sure you're at MDFF Show on Twitter for those player up-to-date notifications to know for sure before that matchup if Lamar Miller will play. But I do think, I do think he's going to sit out. And Kiki Kute, hamstring, did practice in limited capacity all week long. Do you think he's going to wind up missing another game here as well? So I think Hopkins is the only injured player who will be on the field. And, of course, you got to play him. It's Philadelphia Eagles. It's a great matchup against those corners. Uh, that's why I wanted you to play Watson this week. Damaris Thomas may even offer away in maybe DFS leagues. I don't know how much you can trust him just because – the volume, the overall production just hasn't really been there at a level that you need it to be. You're kind of hoping he's a he gets you a touchdown. Otherwise, it's really questionable as to what kind of floor he's even able to get you. But this is a matchup where he may be able to take advantage, especially with DeAndre Hopkins banged up. And if he's out there, Demarius Thomas may be the guy Watson has to go to. Something to keep your mind, but I would think you have better options than that than Demarius Thomas for this particular week. That's really it at the end of the day. If Lamar Miller doesn't play, I'm not a big fan of Alfred Blue. I wouldn't automatically play him. It would depend on what options you have available to you. He's not an automatic RB2. I think he's more of a mid to low level flex play, even if Lamar Miller does not play, even if he would be the featured back again. Because the Eagles have been decent against the running backs. They seem to have maybe found some of their mojo as far as their front seven goes last week. Just something I wouldn't want to have to trust at the end of the day. So I do think that I would stay away from Alfred Blue uh, if at all possible. On the Eagles side of the ball, Josh Adams, you got to play him. He is going to play this week. He was able to practice in limited capacity, so you don't have to worry about Wendell Smallwood too much. He has, When he's been healthy and in there, he has been their guy. He always has a good opportunity to score. They're going to lean on him with Nick Foles being the starting quarterback. Uh, with Nick Foles being the starting quarterback, though, Zach Ertz, I do think his ceiling is limited to some degree. Golden Tate, I think his ceiling is gets significantly limited, quite frankly, with Nick Foles. The only guy who doesn't is Alshon. Now, this isn't the greatest matchup in the world for outside wide receivers, but I do think Alshon has a good floor because I think, I think he will get a decent amount of volume in this game. I do think the Eagles are going to have to throw the ball in order to move the ball to some degree because Houston will probably key on the running game. So I do think Alshon is the best pass-catching wide receiver for this week, or at least has the best chance of all. You got to play Ertz. 
I don't think you have to play Golden Tate in this game. So I do think I would play Jeffrey as a wide receiver too. You got to play Ertz. I'd play Adams. That's it. I'm not going to play Nick Foles. I wouldn't stream the Eagles defense. That's all you can really trust here with Foles as the starting quarterback in this week. All right. Our next game up, we have the Atlanta Falcons and we have the Carolina Panthers. So we talked about this one a little bit. Matt Ryan should have good opportunities here. The secondary of the Panthers has been quite exploitable for most of the year. Falcons are on the road, which usually, I mean, at home, we're on the road. It's pretty much been the same thing as of late. But traditionally, usually means Falcons will throw the ball a hell of a lot more than run the ball when they are on the road. So I do think he'll have that added volume. Julio will play. He came back to practice today after being out all week with the hip issue. He was a limited participant in practice. He is expected to play in this game and be good to go. Of course, they have Calvin Ridley. Of course, they have Muhammad Snu. So all those things bode well for Matt Ryan. I don't love Tevin Coleman. Remember, I talked about in the recap episode on Tuesday, I believe. Uh, actually, no, I'm sorry. It was, well, it, it aired on Tuesday. I recorded it Monday night. But Remember last week, even though Tevin Coleman had a huge week, he still only had 11 carries. Now, yes, Edo Smith is out, so he doesn't have anybody he's going to have to share the ball with, which I do think is what makes him a flex play. But they still don't, they, even with Edo Smith out, he got knocked out in the second half of that game. It didn't result in Tevin Coleman getting all these extra carries, even though the Falcons are up by a ton, and you would thought would have been had an emphasis on running out the clock. It didn't really come to fruition in that way. So I am a little bit skeptical on how much work Tevin Coleman gets. Now, if he gets a good amount of work, he could very well be an RB2 in this matchup, which is why I do think I have him as a mid-level flex play because of that upside potential where I do think that gives him a chance to crack your starting lineup. And you're playing against the Panthers who have just really just have nothing to play for at this point. But I'm not going to love it. I wouldn't trust him as your RB2. And if you have other options, I would be okay with you not playing Tevin Coleman. Of course, you're playing Julio. Calvin Ridley, to me, is a that's a big boomer bust wide receiver three that you might be taking the chance on. But other than that, he's not somebody who I would trust. He's been, you know, he's been very high and low this season in general. This is a matchup that he should have an opportunity to be able to take advantage of, uh, if if possible. And the volume may be there where there'll be more opportunities for the passing game to be to be had uh, than has been probably the past couple of weeks. But championship week, I, I got to think you have better options you can depend on other than Calvin Ridley as well. Austin Hooper has to play as a tight end one. Just even though his usage has been inconsistent over the past month, he's still a guy who every so often does get a ton of volume. And with the tight end position the way it is, I think you have to play Austin Hooper if you have him in your championship lineups as well. On the Panthers' side of the ball, Cam Newton's out, probably shut down for the rest of the year. Wouldn't uh, There's no reason really to bring him back. So that really takes a hit to everybody. I mean, Ian Thomas, I wouldn't play him. I don't think there's anybody in the wide receivers you could really trust out of the Carolina Panthers at this point anyway, even against the Atlanta Falcons, even against that defense. I mean, yes, you can look at it like, well, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel only takes one play. That's true. But this isn't a matchup with their backup quarterback that I feel that they're going to really have the opportunity for that one play. Unless that one plays a jet sweep, in which case I think Curtis Samuel has more of a chance of that happening going his way than DJ Moore. I just don't see how you're going to play either one of them in your championship weeks, given Cam Newton's going to be out and they're going to be down to their backup. And even Christian McCaffrey, they may lean on McCaffrey as far as a volume standpoint to be almost the entirety of that offense. 
I think his ceiling is limited too, just because I think the Panthers offense overall without Cam will not be as efficient. And usually when that happens, even if the volume doesn't disappear, even if the matchup is good, that can sometimes limit a top end player like Christian McCaffrey. So that is where I am a little bit nervous. Now, you're definitely playing Chris McCaffrey. You're definitely playing him as your RB1. I'm not questioning that in any kind of capacity. But what I am saying is that you may need to temper your expectations to some degree as to how efficient, how productive he will be with the opportunities that he gets for this matchup. Our next one, we got the Rams, and we have the Arizona Cardinals here. Rams got to find a way to get back on track. There's a I think there's a decent chance Todd Gurley does not play. I just got a update that said that Todd Gurley is going to be a game-time decision, which isn't a big surprise given that he didn't practice at all this week. The Rams may look at this as like, look, we don't necessarily need to have Todd Gurley in order to beat the Arizona Cardinals, which would very much be true. With that being the case, I don't know if Todd Gurley plays this week. And that's gonna I mean, that's gonna be a devastating blow. Just, you know, make sure you have John Kelly ready to go. I know they signed CJ Anderson. I wouldn't worry about him actually stealing touches from John Kelly being ready in a, within a week to be involved in the playbook to actually be involved enough in the game plan for this particular week to, you know, take away a major amount of work from John Kelly. So I do think John Kelly is a significant play for you to have and you got to make sure you have him if you have Todd Gurley. But man oh man, Man, Gurley could not have picked a worse week to suddenly have a hurt knee and look like there's a good chance he doesn't play. And even if he plays, he very well may limited. Now, if he's going to be active, he's going to play, you got to play him just because, you know, it only takes one with him. And if he's good to go, I got to think he, I got to think he's got to be close to 100% for them to actually activate him. They're not going to take any chances with him because they're definitely in the playoffs. So you're definitely going to want him for that run. You're not going to take any chances that he might miss the playoffs, even though you're playing, you're trying to play for home field advantage right now. So I'm okay if he's activated, but man, it's it's going to be tight. And I honestly, I don't have a good feeling about him playing. That should open up opportunities for Jared Goff. That should open up opportunities for the passing game. I know the Cardinals on paper are a top 10 defense in the secondary. Uh, to me, that's all bullshit. That's, just, that's one of those situations where the numbers don't actually reflect the eye test, don't actually reflect on what it is you're seeing on the field. They're top 10 because everybody can run the ball on them whenever they want to. But if they don't have Todd Gurley, even though John Kelly will get a significant amount of work, the Rams will get back to Jared Goff trying to lead them away in the passing game. Plus, they need to get Jared Goff right. They need to get that passing game right. It's been off ever since that Kansas City Chiefs game, and they came on that bye week, and they've been in a slump ever since. I got to think that Sean McVay is going to be working overtime to make sure they're able to get back on track, back on rhythm, simple throws, get back in the groove. I do think so. I do think Jared Goff here actually has a very good chance to be a quarterback one, especially if Tiger Lee doesn't play, because I think you're going to see the passing game be the first option, with the running game being the second option for the Rams this week. Cooks, Woods, yeah, they're going to see Patrick Peterson some of the time, but Peterson doesn't shadow, so it's only going to be half the time at most. I'm going to play both Cooks and Woods as wide receiver twos this week as well. The only person I'll probably stay away from is Josh Reynolds just because his usage is kind of inconsistent, and I do think if they're going to get right, they're going to get right by using Cooks and Woods, not necessarily Josh Reynolds in this game. On the Cardinals side of the ball, I mean, you probably have to play David Johnson. You probably have to play Larry Fitzgerald. David Johnson's really just more of a lower end RB two at this moment that you're pretty much you have to pray he gets in the end zone uh, to be an RB two. Otherwise, his real production really puts him in the flex position. Either way, I do have him in my starting lineup, but not an RB one, not an RB two with a ton of upside. Just a solid play who, because of the player that he is, because of the volume that he gets, will not lose you the week. He's a good 
plug and play solid floor type of guy. But uh, against the Rams here, with their defense finally back and fully healthy, I wouldn't expect a high ceiling out of David Johnson unless he was able to find the end zone twice in this game. But I think you, he's got to find it at least once in order to be really viable as a RB2 play. Larry Fitzgerald, I like him in PPR leagues only. I don't love him in standard leagues. The Cardinals do not move the ball enough. They do not score enough touchdowns for me to love him in standard leagues. But in PPR leagues, I do think he's a wide receiver three because he's really the, only, the, left, the last guy out there for Josh Rosen to throw the ball to, not named David Johnson for them. All right, so now we got the 4 o'clock games here. we got the Chicago Bears. we got the San Francisco 49ers. This should be a one-sided game, even though it's in San Francisco. I love Trubisky as a stream play if you're looking for that. Jordan Howard should get a good amount of work in this game. You're, he's always got a good matchup here against San Francisco. They're always liable to let up a rushing touchdown. He should have a good efficient game at the end of the day. Tariq Cohen, this is a great matchup for Tariq Cohen, but he's going to have to bust one because because I think there's going to be no reason to not just hand the ball off for Jordan Howard and for them to control this game for Chicago because I don't think San Francisco is nearly a match for them. It's going to be questionable as how much usage they really have for Tariq Cohen in this matchup. If they utilize him enough in the passing game, he'll definitely be a flex play. He always has an opportunity to break one, and he'll have that opportunity this week. But my point more is, at the end of the day, he's very much a boomer bust option due to if they're really going to need to use him or not. So that's the thing you have to keep in mind with Tariq Cohen for this week. Uh, when you're going through your matchups here. Allen Robinson, love him, play him. I don't know if I'm playing anybody else in this passing attack. I know some teams don't have better options than Trey Burton. I get it. I would hope that you do, but if you don't, you got to play Trey. It's a decent matchup. He may find the end zone like he did a week ago. It's always a possibility, but I would look for other options if you have that possibility in front of you right now. So Trubisky, Jordan Howard for sure, Allen Robinson for sure, Tariq Cohen, maybe, depending on what you have, if you have to hit a home run or not, depending on your opponent and what your matchups are. And then Trey Burton, only if you don't have anything else better to turn to. On the 49ers side of the ball, Matt Breida was limited in practice all week, so I got to think he's going to suit up. I mean, he's suited up when he's practiced less. I don't know why he continues to put himself out there, put him through his punishment at this point. I don't know why San Francisco continues to let him put himself through his punishment at this point. But he should be out there. I would not have him in my starting lineups, though. You're playing against a tough, physical Chicago Bears defense. This is not a good matchup to begin with. And on top of it, you know he's a breath away from being knocked out of the game due to injury. So there's no way Matt Matt Breida would be in my starting lineups for my championship week. Uh, As a result, because Breida will probably play, you can't play Jeff Wilson Jr. either. So the only player, well, two players, because you gotta, you, if you have George Kittle, you got to play him. You might not love the match against Chicago or top 10 against a tight end. I get it. But if you have George Kittle, there's no way you have a better tight end option. You have to play him. And the only other guy on San Francisco that I might entertain the idea of playing is Dante Pettis. I talked about him in the waiver wire segment. Talked about him the last couple of weeks, actually, in those waiver wire segments. He's a guy, he is their best red zone target outside of George Kittle when it comes to the wide receivers. Him and Nick Mullins definitely seem to have a rapport. And I do think that the corners of Chicago are not the best in the world. I do think that's a matchup that he can be had. He's more athletically gifted than the guys that they have on the perimeter. And I do think the Niners are going to have to throw the ball quite a bit in this game because I do expect him to be down early and often. So I do think Dante Pettis actually has a chance to be a decent wide receiver three for you this week. Something to also keep in mind. And I do like him as far as a contrarian play for DFS as well. Our next game up here, we got the Steelers and we got the Saints. This is a big one. It's in New Orleans. 
If you're just looking at these two teams by name, you would think to yourself that this has a chance to be a shootout type game, and the opportunity is there, except for both of these teams have kind of been playing inconsistent offensive football, so it may not turn into the shootout that you would hope it would be, or like it would have definitely have been if this was earlier in the season as well. Uh, ever since the Saints defense has started playing better, they have turned to the run game more and more. There hasn't been a lot of volume for Drew Brees, whether it's been home, whether it's been away. So he's he's actually somebody who I'm not going to feel 100% comfortable playing. Plus, the Steelers defense in general has been playing better as of late themselves on top of it. So uh, Drew, it's hard not to play Drew Brees at home in your championship week against the Steelers. I get it. You may not have a better option. But I would temper expectations just because of the trend the offense has been going in because their defense is playing a lot better because they've been leaning more on the running backs and because the Steelers' defense has been playing a lot better. There's a lot of factors going into it that would make me feel as though Drew Brees may not have a top-ceiling game uh, like you would be hoping for in this instance. So on top of that, though, Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, good to go there. Michael Thomas, you got to play him. He's a wide receiver one. Nothing else, you know he's going to get a ton of volume, even if nobody else gets a ton of volume in the passing attack because they don't throw the ball a lot. So you're playing all those guys, and there's not a lot there that I need to dive into. You're not going to play Watson. I don't think you would strain the Saints defense in this situation. So that's who you're sticking with as far as the Saints go. With the Steelers, James Conner's not going to play. So Jalen Samuels, RB2 yet again. I know against the Saints, they've been very good against the running backs, so they play that funnel defense where they try to stop the run first. But remember with Jalen Samuels, his game is actually more catching the ball. Now, I know last week he had 19 carries for 142 yards, and he didn't actually wind up being that involved in the passing game. But this week, I would expect that to go the opposite direction, where you'll get he'll get his targets. He'll he'll be a definitely a safe floor, and I do think he's due for a touchdown. This will be his third week starting with James Conner out. He hasn't gotten a touchdown yet. I do think he gets a touchdown or an opportunity for one in this game as well. Big Ben, I think you got to play him. It's in the dome. the The home road Big Ben thing hasn't really been a factor this year. The only thing you're really worried about is just as of late, he just hasn't been that great in general. But you got to play Big Ben. He's a big reason why you are where you are at this point in the season. The big news, really, you got to talk about is the receivers. Juju Smith-Schuster hurt his groin yesterday in practice. So he went down as a limited participant, but that was because he could not finish the practice yesterday. Still waiting on the final injury report for today to come out to let us know exactly if he was able to get back on the practice field or is that injury significant enough where it looks like he may not wind up playing. That's a huge, huge loss for anybody who has Juju Smith-Schuster, and he's a big reason why a lot of teams would be where they are right now. There's going to be a lot of championship teams who have him, especially as a big-time. He's been a big-time wide receiver, too, for you when he has those games where he puts up wide receiver one numbers. Been a little bit boomer bust in that sense, which has kept him at the wide receiver two status. But man, oh man, is that going to be a big loss for a lot of people if he can't go? And I think there's being as a groin injury this late in the practice week. I think there's a good chance that Smith Smith Schuster doesn't wind up playing in this game. As a result, though, Antonio Brown may get back to his elite wide receiver one status finally. Look, last week he did score, but he hasn't gone over 100 yards in a few weeks now. If Schuster doesn't play, that's just a lot more targets going to Antonio Brown. For DFS, I wouldn't mind taking a shot on James Washington if Juju Smith-Schuster doesn't play. But for standard leagues, your Antonio Brown ceiling can go through the roof. Your expectation for that can go through the roof because of that added volume that he will definitely get if Smith-Schuster is not able to go. I'm also definitely playing Vance McDonald. I do think he will be a tight end one in this matchup uh, as well, especially with added targets that may be coming his way. 
All right, so next up here, we got the Chiefs and we got the Seattle Seahawks. Really not too much to talk about here because it's pretty much straightforward. Look, you're playing Mahomes, play Hill, play Travis Kelsey. Watkins still isn't going to play. You're not going to play Conley. The only really question is, is like, is Spencer Ware going to play or not? He was limited in practice this week, so I do think that means he has a decent chance to return even with that hamstring issue. Now, I do think Damian Williams will be involved, especially in the passing game, Mostly, if nothing else, just to make sure that Spencer Ware doesn't get overworked as he was dealing with this hamstring issue. But it should be Spencer Ware who's mostly involved on the rushing part of it. Damian Williams would be more reserved to the passing attack role. I do think they're both viable flex plays uh, in this week just because the Chiefs offense can always put up a bunch of points and everybody can get their turn as a result. So other than that, everything else is pretty much straightforward. I still have them as flex plays, Ware and Williams, for this week. On Seattle side of the ball, you got to love Chris Carson. Chiefs are really bad against the run. Uh, Rashad Penny is out, so it's it's just going to be Carson. It's just going to be Mike Davis. Maybe Carson doesn't get that involved in the passing game. We saw Mike Davis get heavily involved, and that's that's a good chance that's going to wind up being the case yet again. But we also know that means Chris Carson's going to get his 18 to 20 carries. Seattle's going to come in there. They're going to try to run the ball. They're going to try to control the clock, control time of possession, keep their defense off the field as much as possible, keep the Chiefs' offense off the field as much as possible in this game. So Carson will get a good amount of work probably up until the second half when the, the Seahawks are going to be forced to throw because I do think the Chiefs are going to put up points. They are going to, I do think they're going to win this game. Now it's in Seattle, which gives them more of a shot, but I think you got a good amount of work out of Carson until probably about midway through the third quarter and they're going to have to start throwing the ball quite a bit. I do think Wilson is a high floor quarterback play in this matchup, but I wouldn't play him for his ceiling. He's not the guy who I would definitely guarantee my championship start to uh, if I think I really want to pull off a win. So something to keep in mind there as well. Even in a plus matchup, I don't know if you can really truly trust Russell Wilson just because of the way the Seahawks offense seems to flow. And even when they try to open it up and go to the passing game, because they haven't done so all year, it seems like the receivers aren't quite in rhythm with their quarterback either. Um Tyler Lockett, he is the wide receiver of the Seattle Seahawks who I would trust in this game. I do like him as a boomer bust wide receiver three flex play who I would be tempted to throw in there. He has the big play capabilities. He's going to go in a matchup where that opportunity should be there, where it might need to be there. Uh, I like him more than Doug Baldwin. I really do because Doug Baldwin to me, he either has to catch a touchdown and be involved in the red zone. Otherwise, I don't know what else you can trust out of Doug Baldwin. He doesn't get much work, it seems like, this entire year anywhere else on the field. So if you're playing ball when you're praying for a touchdown, otherwise, I don't know what else you can trust out of Doug Ball for this particular week, even in a plus matchup. Tyler Lockett is the wide receiver of Seattle that I would wind up playing. All right, for our last game of the podcast, for our last game for our Week 16 championship preview, we got the Broncos and we have the Raiders. Obviously, not a lot to talk about. You're playing Philip Lindsay. Uh... Everything else is pretty much guesswork at that point. Look, I like Tim Patrick as PPR wide receiver. Sean Hamilton maybe is a low-end flex play PPR receiver too. I like Tim Patrick a little bit more. Cortland Sutton's banged up in this game, which is why I like Tim Patrick a little bit more because he also has the body type to be more of a red zone target for Case Keenum. Has been that when given the opportunity as well this season so far. Cortland Sutton, I'm not touching him. I actually... Really, when you look at this, Tim Patrick in a PPR league is the only Broncos wide receiver I would touch. Otherwise, standard leagues, I probably wouldn't touch any of them if I could help it. And even in PPR leagues, he's the only one who I would possibly put in my starting lineup, given his role in the offense, given the Cortland Sutton injury right now. 
Philip Lindsay has to be an RB2. I know he had a rough week last week, but this is a great matchup for him here. I think his speed is just way too much for that Raiders defense right now. He will get those opportunities to break those big ones and gash them and will will score in this game. I would be willing to guarantee that as well. On the Raiders side of the ball, I mean, we've talked about this a number of times. Jared Cook belongs in your tight end position, in your championship teams, in your starting lineup. Outside of that, nobody else on the Oakland Raiders should even be sniffing your starting lineup. Frankly, should even be sniffing your bench right now at this point either. So there's nothing to actually go over. So that caps it right there, the Monday night game. That's been our episode today. I hope you guys all enjoyed it. Uh, if you have any questions for me, I'm going to be available to you all weekend long at MDFF Show on Twitter and on Facebook. And of course, at MDFF Show on Twitter for those player up-to-date notifications. Make sure you have that. This is the most important week. You don't want to fall asleep at the wheel. I'm your host, Dan Mater. I'm going to see you guys uh, either Tuesday or Wednesday next week for the full recap of Week 16. So I will see you guys then. For four days only, it's the sizzling hot summer sale at JCPenney. Thursday through Sunday, shop select men's and women's tees in all new bright colors. Just $5 for her and $7.99 for him. Plus, pick up select Home Expressions bath towels, two for $7. All these deals and no coupon needed. Hurry in, but stay cool. These deals are sizzling. JCPenney. Offers valid 627 to 630. Exclusions apply. See store jcp.com for details. Heat wave ahead. For four days only, it's the sizzling hot summer sale at JCPenney. Thursday through Sunday, shop select men's and women's tees in all new bright colors. Just $5 for her and $7.99 for him. Plus, pick up select Home Expressions bath towels, two for $7. All these deals and no coupon needed. Hurry in, but stay cool. These deals are sizzling. JCPenney. Offers valid 627 to 630. Exclusions apply. See store jcp.com for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.